You know it's time to do it major. Here's to the hustlers, the movers and shakers. Get up on your grind. Don't let the haters get ya. I know that you got a vision. Now it's time to deliver. Yeah, yeah. Giving you the tools, helping you to grow. Level up, time to shine like you never did before. Let them know. More than a podcast, it's a mindset. You can do anything, you just gotta keep grinding. Let's go. The Entrepreneur Adventure. Hey, the entrepreneur adventure. You ready? So there were a lot of things converging, dude. Part of it was, this is what I wanted as a consumer. Part of it was recreating my identity and my own brand. Part of it was showing that I was more brain and heart than, than just an athlete. Um, part of it was trying to get Southerners to shake themselves awake a little bit. That's in a famous Dale Carnegie quote where it, it finishes with live today with gusto. Sometimes we stand alone in our dreams and sometimes we stand with others. But in the words of John Maxwell, dreams don't work unless you do. Such a statement could not be more true of the experience of our guests for today, Mr. Nate Hibble. Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure Podcast, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. Today, founder and CEO of Gusto, Mr. Nate Hibble, is going to be sharing his story about the grind that it took to grow his business from scratch and how he is now flipping the fast food industry upside down. And with that, I'll turn it over to our hosts, Josh Melton and Chad Brown. Hey friends, welcome back to the Entrepreneur Adventure podcast. I'm really freaking excited today. Our guest, uh, childhood friend of mine, lots of stories, lots of history here, um, connect on a lot of levels and just awesome to watch the thriving uh, growth and success of his business and restaurant and what's going on. Uh, so much background here. Don't even know where to start, man. Uh, uh, college quarterback, uh, national champions in multiple sports, uh, Rose Bowl MVP, played for the NFL. But more importantly, and what we're here to talk about today is the business side of growing an awesome restaurant brand. Um, uh, one of them's coming here to Athens, uh, Gusto, uh, owner, founder, Nate Hibble. Welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me. Man, it's, it's going to be fun today. I, I'm excited to catch up. And uh, so much of my journey starting out in Athens uh, came from uh, you being here and uh, us uh, freshman mm-hmm. year coming to Athens, Georgia, UGA. The the world was our oyster and, uh, and watching the path from there. So uh, a, lot, a lot has changed since then. But, man, it's uh, – always fun and uh i'm sure you could tell a lot of stories that i'm asking going to ask you not to share today <laughs> yeah please don't let's not get into that but of course i, lo- I love athens and, and growing up in hazelhurst georgia um you know what a what a crazy thing to be on a sharing a podcast together chad you know we, we, we grew up playing little league together playing football together our, our dads were coaches and that's just Strange, man, but I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'm really proud of you from afar. Uh, number one, you know, um, I think I've told a couple of our classmates, I think Chad Brown will be our first millionaire out of our class because he's just that wily and he's 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 just that smart. He's going to figure it out before most of us. You know, and I was probably right, but 
um, uh, you know, just watching you through social media and stuff, I just get the feeling that you and your wife are truly living life with gusto, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's a joy to see, man. You guys really got life by the balls, man. And, and that's, that's not easy to do. Uh, so you probably didn't feel this coming, but I, I can feel that through the screen, assuming it's authentic. <laughs> and, 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 and that's how I ended up with the word gusto was just like, it's standing for passion and enthusiasm and, and, and being different. Well, man, I appreciate that, dude. It, it means a lot. And uh, and I won't speak from my perspective <laughs> on if Chad is the uh, powerful Chad of Hazelhurst or if he's the, like the you know skinny accountant behind the curtain. Like us. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But on, uh, online, he looks he looks good, man. Uh, look really, Brad Paisley would be proud. I try, <laughs> you know. And and, and man, it, it, it's really cool to to get to hang out in this format and uh, you know just to 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 the journey and it's crazy it's been freaking 20 years uh, or so uh so leaving hazelhurst and branching out uh, to athens and different parts of the world for you and uh and so so many stories and so many first times and experiences for me josh you got a uh, hazelhurst of course i know you've never been there uh small rural uh agriculture weird. i mean i'm from the metropolis of gray georgia yeah. so i feel like we're all right uh, yeah yeah i mean it's i mean again we're 20 years 30 years behind everything else going on in in any anywhere else in the country and um to come to athens uh keep in mind hazelhurst didn't serve liquor so that means there's no restaurants there's nothing to do so so coming to athens the first time I really came to Athens for a weekend and got to experience it was with Nate, um, uh, came up, you were recruited for an of official visit. And that was, that was my like first social experience in Athens. And so for like, you guys, no joke, coming to Athens from Hazelhurst was about like Dorothy going from Kansas to Oz. You're like, what in the heck? <laughs> I'm never going back there. Where does this yellow brick road go, I, man? I got to figure out <laughs> what I need to do to stay here. And I probably, uh, uh, started on a path of trying to figure out, uh, how to socially drink my way out of college and, and get kicked back to Hazelhurst. Uh, so I, had to, yeah. I screwed that up and then had to reel it back in. Started but, your college career here, started your criminal history here. I mean, lots of good things. Uh, lots lots of firsts. Yeah. But, 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 man, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, where you're at and in, in what's going on with Gusto, man. And, and this is crazy because a lot of history here, and you and I uh, have fought each other through our different paths and, and through where life and, and the business world has taken us. But I have no earthly idea how you ended up in the restaurant business and wanting to grow a restaurant brand into hundreds of stores and the direction you're going right now. And uh, what where did that come from, man? Well, I mean, I had no idea about you know that i would ever be chasing that either you know um the restaurant business is infamous for being brutal it's really tough oh you my know, god yeah you know seven days a week 6 a.m to 11 p somebody's working 360 62 days out of the year and that is is really 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 hard and i want to i want to throw some 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 hands up and support and thanks for all the restaurateurs who have been struggling for the last year. Um, we've been serving our communities. It hasn't been easy behind a mask. Um, it's hard to connect with human beings and everybody's a little short tempered and there's a lot of anxiety and tension. So, um, I just thank God that our team members kept showing up 
and serving. And uh, and now now with the recovery, everybody's fired up and and we're just holding on. <laughs> we're holding on for dear life. It <laughs> sounds like a good problem, but it's a completely different challenge because um, uh, everybody's waking waking up and and they they want everything to be perfect and the suppliers and logistics and the bottlenecks like you know when you don't have enough people to serve and you don't have uh, your products because um of supply issues it's it's uh it's it's a different different difficult time right now and i just just a couple words of just kind of begging for some compassion and grace as, as a customer uh, and it's it's not it's not an excuse um we're just uh there's a lot of good men and women out there doing the best we can and and I never thought I'd be on here talking about a, a an effing global pandemic. Are you kidding me? You know, and like you know that that's like a, that was like starting up all over again. You know, <laughs> that's bullshit. I shouldn't have had to do that again. You know, yeah. but um, <laughs> you know, Chad. Long story short, fellows, I um, I'll, I'll be honest. I just back it up to I, I, I identified as an athlete, football player for 15, 20 years of my life, right? And a lot of athletes, when they get done, they look around and go, "What? What do I do? What do I do? What's next?" You know. And um, I interviewed for a bank job, went and talked to a couple of the key real estate people, you know. And it just it it didn't take me long before I realized I just I was never going to feel comfortable like having a, a quote unquote regular job. And nothing against selling insurance. That's amazing if you enjoy it and it's fulfilling. But somewhere in there, I realized I was not going to be happy unless I was chasing my own thing. And um, I, I going all the way back to, um, I was going through some life changes um, during our last big recession. And really the bottom fell out for me personally. And it was just an opportunity to be like, all right, let's restart. Um, I, don't know, I want to recreate who I am as a person, as an identity. And I really didn't want to be, you know, Nate, the football player. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. The same, the same stories at every, every party, every cookout, you know, always talking about football, always talking about, you know, these same stories. And, um, I just knew I was meant for more and, uh, I didn't realize th this is where I would be, but, you know, but, um, I could not shake the idea. I'm cutting through a lot of the, a, a lot, a lot of the stories, but I just could not somewhere in there. It was, I just could not get the idea of, of better for you, fast food. Why wasn't it a thing? Uh, why, especially why wasn't it a thing in the South and, um, I set out and just started grilling chicken a bunch of different ways and experimenting with dry rubs and wet rub, you know, uh, marinades and started studying whole foods. And I, you, you, like a psycho person, you know, I would, I would just, I would camp out at whole foods and study the cold and hot bars and just watch what was leaving, what wasn't leaving. Cause I didn't know a damn thing. Um, you know, I ripped thousands of pages out of magazines to find, you know, roasted beet, uh and 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 orange zest salad and make that 10 different ways and see how it held up i mean i, I really just became obsessed you know with the process and was this a now is this a personal passion where you like man i want to eat healthy i want to take care of my body is this something you developed through training and guidance um on the athlete side or 
I think it was a combination of a handful of things, uh, being a former athlete and constantly looking for and being tired of eating at Willie's or Moe's over here in Atlanta. Like how many times can you eat that? You know? Um, so I was like, there, there's gotta be a different way to do this, but not just Tex-Mex. And, but it was also coupled with a former relationship, uh, ex-wife was Lebanese and uh, was uh, really fell in love with, with her family out in Oklahoma, my college sweetheart. And, and uh, they really blew my, the, the doors off in terms of falling in love with garlic and, and lemon and, and mint and, and, and parsley and, and just things that growing up in South Georgia, you're not, you're not seeking, you know? No. And I tell folks, there's a reason why is a lot of it comes out of a can of Piggly Wiggly, man. I mean, it's just, there's a reason why I didn't like asparagus because it was soft and came out of a can from Piggly Wiggly. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so there were a lot of things converging, dude. Part of it was this is what I wanted as a consumer. Part of it was recreating my identity and my own brand. Part of it was showing that I was more brain and heart than than just an athlete. Um, part of it was trying to get southerners to shake themselves awake a little bit that's in a famous dale carnegie quote where it, it finishes with live today with gusto which lived on my investor deck when i was trying to raise money early on and you know I, I, that all that together along with like tv shows having this is 10 years ago this is 10 years ago you know 2010 11 12 all that coupled with um Food on the rise on TV, people being less and less afraid of ginger and mango and 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 more intrigued and and not just going toward the, the everything fried. Um, I just couldn't shake it. And I Chad, I remember sheepishly telling Chesley McLeod, another great friend of ours that we grew up with, like telling him and and, and his wife in, in my kitchen that. I was going to start a healthy fast food restaurant. I, I really have the courage to say it really loudly because it sounded so ridiculous. You know, if you can imagine, like I'm gonna I'm gonna redefine fast food. Okay, cool. You know, uh, you want extra barbecue sauce with your, you know, <laughs> like it's it, it has to be audacious enough to to it has to be big enough to to go through the pain I went through as an entrepreneur and and, and learning. The restaurant business, infamously brutal, um, and and working in four or five kitchens and watching how poorly kitchens worked and how how bad the communication was and how disrespectful. You know, one of the reasons why the restaurant industry is infamous is is so transient and as people come and go. So I, I could talk for hours about the passion, but I. I I fell in love with food. I fell in love with curiosity and I wanted to share it. And I just ultimately had, I had this glow in my gut that I just could not shake. That's the best way I could say it. It was just, I was burning inside to get something out of me. And it took me a while to figure it out because I wasn't, I didn't know shit about food, didn't know anything about real estate, didn't know anything about marketing, didn't know anything about accounting, didn't know anything, you know, all those buckets, right? Um, but I guess I had enough talent or chops to put together the flavors and then meanwhile, like be, be working on the brand part simultaneously. And it wasn't just me. It was right. Meeting the right people at the right time. 
But for the other entrepreneurs out there or somebody who's aspiring to be one, the maybe you guys can 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 back me up here. I mean, it's just not taking no for an answer. It, it's just always going to the next, always moving, just not never satisfied, always grinding. And and that, frankly, I lost friends. I, I lost family members. I, I lost track of reality. And um, in order to birth this child, this 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 brand, um, it's very similar to like being a parent. And uh, you know, it, it 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 doesn't have to be. I read a little bit on y'all's website. You don't have to do it alone. But you know, I've a- I asked folks, do you want to come do this with me? And they. You know, I think they just couldn't get off the two and a half kids and second big house in Buckhead. You know what yeah. I mean? It's hard to turn that away. Um, but thank God I had three, four, five people at the right time, at the right place. When I I came to them open and, and they they threw me the line that I needed, but I still had to run with it, you know. So yep. man, this is awesome. Nate, so as you're talking, man, I'm just writing some of the words that you're saying, I'm writing them down as you're saying them. And there's obviously some timing here. I love that you shared the story about talking to two of your friends or, you know, a husband and wife, where you're like the first time you maybe said it out loud to other people about you were going to start a healthy fast food business. And there's so much grit in your story. You know, like you are not just launching a product, not just launching a business. You're changing that identity. Like your own identity, you're fighting against cultural norms from the standpoint of saying, like, you know, deep south, we just want to fry everything. Like you're, this is a market that doesn't exist. No, I mean this is a category that uh, that has never been experienced uh, in Georgia, and and also too the thing that uh, like Nate said, we grew up. I mean, everything came out of a box or a can. You think everything. South Georgia, you think farming. Oh, we probably eat great, have all these fresh vegetables. Man, everything is fried. Everything on your plate's like brown or yellow. Uh, food in, in its in a healthy context uh, doesn't exist. I mean, even I went down and ate with my grandmother for Easter. I rarely go go down anymore. But I mean, everything the 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 peas, the beans, the the macaroni and tomatoes has fried meat grease in it. I mean, it's just like so freaking unhealthy. So to you would think a guy from Hazelhurst that's going to launch his own restaurant it's like, business, it's going to be called casserole. You know, what I mean? yeah. like everything could be some type of fried casserole or something. But man, there's so much power and emotion in your story based on that. Like, you're not you weren't just creating a company. Like you were again. You said birth this brand, birth this child. Like this is deeply emotional, intense. Like I'm. I'm creating a brand, but the some of that brand it sounds like man is like is Nate, like reimagining, yeah. reenvisioning. You're meant to live for more. You said that in there too. Like, man, you're you're ten minutes in, and it's deeply inspirational. And I'm like, I, I got to hear the rest of the story. I'm like <laughs> excited about. Well, it. I, through through multiple you know personality assessments and and leadership classes. I mean, for right or wrong, I'm I'm a contrarian. And I'm going to go after something unique. I'm on the Enneagram. I'm a four. I'm I'm an artist and individualist. And a lot of artists are not meant to lead. Um, They they create. And I just happen to be good enough, I think, to to be creative enough. But um, I'm still trying to figure out, should I be creative director of this brand moving forward? Or am I meant to be CEO and, 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 you know, lead humans? Because the I later 
fell in love with design. I always wanted to be an architect growing up. And, and now you'll see our buildings, like we're going to put a cool gusto on Alps Road um, later this year, early next year, um, where the old Anoko that um, rests, may, may, may he or she rest in peace, that building's coming down. <laughs> In a couple months, and it, it, it needs to. It's it has an age well. Yeah. So I later I like it's just constant curiosity. You know, I think one of the things is so hard being an entrepreneur. But if you have a growth mindset, literally, you know, every day is an adventure. And so I I was able to really exercise some of my design chops on cutting edge buildings. I think you guys will be hopefully impressed with what we what we put in the community over there. And then, and then right now, not to get ahead of myself, but um, it started with food. It started with flavor. It started with, um, you know, somebody falling in love with roasted garlic that, that, that never knew they, they missed roasted garlic. It, 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 it started with a lot of those stories about curiosity. And I truly believe a lot of people, they like most things. They just are scared. And they they have bad habits. I, I hated tomatoes my whole life now, and I, now I can't live without them. Um, I hated mushrooms my whole life, and now they're on my menu as a vegetarian. You know, I really believe a lot of folks are like that. But two points I wanted to get out. One was now, now I have a chance to be an employer brand. Now with 300, 400 employees, uh, I get a chance. This is bigger picture stuff. get a chance to really flex how to pay people better, how to take care of people better, how to, our purpose is to intentionally foster growth with our human beings because we're in the human being business. And so I got a lot to learn, but you know, on my best days, I still am like loving it because you can be fulfilled, but as an entrepreneur, it's just like the cup just keeps getting slightly poured out and you need more. And, but back to the healthy thing before I forget, because Chad, you you spurned something in my brain. You know, I've been very careful from the very beginning um, to not use the word healthy too much because the one thing I know Southerners or really anybody doesn't like is being condescended to, you know? So as a part of our business plan early on, I was like, you know what, let's just let the, the bowls and the wraps and the, and the fruits and vegetables and the fresh sauces and the grilled proteins speak for themselves. Um, and about as close as I ever got was tagline colorful is flavorful, which is you mentioned a plate full of brown food. You know, it's kind of the opposite of that without saying I learned I, I knew I was not going to be successful. I've said, hey, let's look around. Obesity is a real problem. Who's, why are we talking about this? Why, are, why, why is anybody talking about this? Is everybody afraid? You know, don't, don't, nobody wants to hurt anybody's feelings. But of course, these are real things, right? And hell, I'm 25 pounds overweight right now coming out of damn COVID. But um, <laughs> uh, So nobody wants to be preached to. Nobody likes condescending tone. So it's been important for me, for us to stand for bright, good energy and vitality. And when I say good energy, you know, a, buff a buffet is, is good and it has its place in time. But you damn sure are tired when you're, you know, when you're done and sluggish and uh, hopefully our product and our brand stands for the good energy, uh, you know, satiation, 
not overdoing it, but feeling good. And um, that doesn't get into diets and do you work out and keto this and vegan that. It's really just about what I'm trying to tell you guys was I learned early on and was smart enough to not say we're healthy and come do it our way and piss on these brands and and they're, they're you know they're these fast food chains that you guys are in love with they're not very good for it you know and, and that was not the message the message was uh like come with me let me show you and let our team show you you know i have employees who have never had a radish in their life you know 18 year old black gal from southwest atlanta and ooh, i'll never touch that Ooh, i'll never eat a radish Ooh, they're nasty three months later chili sesame barbecue is their favorite bowl and, and it has you know radishes and you know i've just seen it i've, I've witnessed it I'm, I'm like living a testimony of exploration and i think america is slowly waking up to to that and if it's delivered the right way and not we're better than or you should be doing this but more like come join us and and, and it's hard to hate on uh curiosity and exploration and and uh, also all those ingredients they they're just fascinating because sesame is is you know you might think all right well asian food right well no it's the number one ingredient in hummus and it's also sesame seeds are used in mexico all the time you know it's amazing how connected the world is via food and our little menu was is a little bit my own to that if, if you will man that's the, you, you can tell the passion and and just uh creativity and excitement in what you were doing and man that's it, it translates so well it gives me chills to to hear you talk about it because there's so much care and passion there and, and also too but it's interesting and, and it just blows me away things are just clicking in my head as you're talking so much of our time and our day and what we do and where we spend money is around food and food controls our energy level you know our, our level of health our, you know our, obviously our weight and different things and there's as americans we there's absolutely no education uh, or anything we're doing behind food or what we should eat or why we should eat it and and, and even if they were choosing to go that route uh, is something that gets rebelled upon and and the habits don't get created so you finding a way to lead people in a direction uh of healthy fast food that's that's not just appealing to that small segment of people that want to be healthy or create healthy habits is brilliant it's it's providing people what they want the flavor the taste the experience but in a healthy way man that's uh, that's a level that uh, I think most entrepreneurs and business owners never figure out is how to do that, and it's it's impressive. I want to I want to back up for a second, and this is man, this is where you're different, and I believe uh, have a mindset of going big or going home that that few people have, and, and really doesn't exist uh, in the entrepreneur space enough. You decided there was some uh, passion and knowledge and uh, a direction here for you, but you didn't go the route of, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a food truck or I'm going to go over here and lease this space and uh, uh, start in an 800-square-foot to-go kitchen. You 
you said, hey, I want to I want to raise some funds and I want to build a brand and build stores all over Atlanta and spread out across the country. Like, what in the world possessed you to go so big so fast and to have that courage and determination to do that? Seriously, what what the freak was I thinking, man? <laughs> um, well, I think mm, I just because I was going through life changes and and I, I really didn't have any money and my ego was on the shelf and I was extremely uh, humble. I didn't have anything to lose, you know, and people who don't have anything to lose are dangerous, you know, in a good way and a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, that doesn't mean I was mean or I was, I was hell I've never been so nice because I, I was at the bottom and, and I was in the restaurant business trying to, I was mopping floors and cleaning tables and cleaning toilets and, you know, that is extremely humbling, but, you know, everybody has different, what's fast and what's slow, you know, what's small and what's big. I mean, technology scales like that, you know, I got to spend a million dollars and, 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 and hire four, 40 new people every time we want to grow, you know, and open and, you know, that, that, that's a whole nother thing. I mean, I think the easiest way I can answer it, Chad, is that God, was speaking to me, I think, through intuition, through my gut, through others. And it didn't mean the product was going to work, but you, you are correct in that I set out to invent a brand that was, that could be iconic, not trendy, you know, rice bowls, salad bowls, grilled proteins, fruits, vegetables, and, and sauces are, they're not trendy. Those aren't going anywhere. So I really, I spent four or five years studying a hundred fast casuals. That's what they're called. Back then I studied other brands um, and I was watching what they were doing. And so I, I think I just, by the time it took me a long time, four years to, to get the product semi ready and the brand semi ready and the, and the, and, and you really don't get real. I tell folks on the entrepreneurial side until a lawyer gets involved. You know, I mean, it's all fun and games and maybe and wouldn't it be amazing until you meet the right lawyer, frankly, truly. And Carter Allen, small business guy, he's been he's still a key part of my team and just putting together. OK, how much money you need? You need six hundred thousand dollars, you think? All right. Here are the units and, and here's what we think uh, those you need to sell them for and those same six investors are still my same six investors on through gusto number 10 right now i mean we're still rolling which is pretty amazing but um you know i just i guess my sorry to ramble fellows i, I chad I, I just was not going to i, I wasn't going to be a restaurant owner i wasn't doing it to, to own a restaurant i was doing it to build a brand to be pop, you know, grow a new power, grow a new platform. And it, if this is news to you guys, it's mainly because I really have not spent the last six years beating my own drum. I've done a poor job of really founder storytelling, um, mainly because I've been an operator and I, I've been, I've been grinding and figuring out all these things. Well, here I am blossoming with with a with a with a corporate team which we call the base team because we, we position ourselves under our operators as a as a position to serve and support our our store leaders now but 
it's just like bam, 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 bam. You know, um, it's 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 taken six years, but now I'm looking ahead, going, all right, now we're going to double in a year and a half, and now how do we enter new markets? And I, I really just think it was it was really intentional, Chad. I wasn't going to yeah. hang up. I remember Dad telling me, "Why don't you call it Great Nate Eight's Bar? You know, Bar and Grill, or so." You know, I was like, <laughs> you, know, "You don't get it, man." Like I'm, I'm starting a thing. Like people didn't know how to say Chipotle for 15 years, and and some still don't. Um, but that's a publicly traded company. It is a brand that stands for something bigger, and and uh, I'm really standing on the shoulders of a lot of those pioneers. Yeah. The difference is, I never really talked about fast food. We, I finally got the real invention out of my system. So the first gusto was across the street from Piedmont Hospital on Peachtree, um, and it had been four or five restaurants, bunch of failures. And that first six months to a year is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and then we opened one on Ponce, and then Decatur, West Midtown. If you're, you know, know Atlanta, you might have seen them, but the real invention that was on my desk 10 years ago, as we talk about fast food, was uh, having a drive-through. And I finally got that out of my system. Gusto Shambly is a cool building and it has a drive-through and we're doing great right now. And it really helped during the pandemic. And that is the model that we're gonna be repeating. And that is the version that is coming to Athens. And it was really, Chad, I kid you not, dude. I, I had like, I have monument like monument signs. It was first called Carmico, and the, and the gustos were called bursts. I mean, all kinds of terrible shit along the way, right? <laughs> but like, um, but the original thought was like, okay, when you get off an exit on I seventy five, headed up, you know, from South Georgia, why can't there be a better version of you know? They're just they're just the same eight fast food joints, and they sell the all the sell the same crap for the most part um and really subway was the is the beast that started uh yeah you know, your own fast casual and I, I remember eating there in hazarst even you know 30 years ago so it's pretty wild to think about but um uh it is hard to combine fresh and affordable with speed and uh, if you don't know our menu whatsyourgusto.com it will show you we take away some choice. We, we don't have an enormous amount of choice, and um, but we hand you speed in return. And I think that's the really the ballsy thing that I did with, with the model, with the concept. It, it would have been much easier to invent another salad chain where you open the doors and you, you put 100 ingredients out there and, and, and you come in and say, hello, welcome. And what would you build your own salad? Instead, I researched the hell out of these flavors and, and, and what would work, and then just put six of them on the wall. And they really haven't changed much since we opened and we're, and we're still winning and growing. So I would say the R&D paid off. Um, but when you limit choice like that, we can execute faster than McDonald's, which is a really cool, uh, I, well, all the blood, sweat and tears that have gone under this brand, we, we, we we, we haven't even started is what I'm telling you. What were you doing in those four years when you were doing the R&D, when you're researching your, you know, quote unquote competitors products, when you're camping out in Whole Foods? Like, did you have another, were you working in the food industry at that time? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. 
Good question. I mean, I remember a buddy of mine that was running Zoe's Kitchen at the time was like, dude, you're crazy. You never worked in a restaurant, you know, because I had him over to try my food and he was like, it's, it's the difference between idea people and doers. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of folks sit around the campfire and talk about how great it would be or, man, I got the greatest idea ever. Or, man, don't tell anybody. I've been, you know, but my days consisted of, um, I got my first job at a sushi restaurant in Buckhead and I helped them through the first year as like a shift leader. Um, and then I went, went and worked for another fast casual Italian concept called Little Ozios and I learned a whole nother skill set. And then um, during this four years, I'm just walking through the journey. And then, then I realized I, I had to see how the big boy did it. So I walked into the Chipotle on Ponce de Leon over here. Uh, which I have a rival store two doors down now. And uh, this is in 2012. And I straight up just walked in and they said, well, what are you doing here? And I said, I just love the brand. I want to see how the best do it. And they put me on dishes for months and they just shoved me back in the dish room. Uh, but then, then I learned how to do prep, how they do prep at Chipotle. Then I worked my way up to grill at Chipotle. And again, meanwhile, my friends were growing six figure careers and um you know i lost touch with a lot you know even my parents were like what's happened with our boy you know i'm shaking rice out of my my kitchen shoes at, a, at 12 p.m at the gas station you know every night uh coming home from chipotle and and then i worked at a full service restaurant i was doing all that and and also having what we called nate nights where i would i would i would test our the menu i was working on and have private white whiteboard sessions with a branding friend of mine, like trying to get this name right, trying to get the logo right. Um, and uh, so I was doing all that, all that at the same time. And and I, I think I hope I answered your question, but I, I think I never I never looked up and said, "When is it going to happen?" I just knew it was going to. And at some point in there, the product got far enough along to where I could present it in a presentation and the brand looked good enough, like in an in a, in a investor pitch deck, you know, that I would drive around. I drove a minivan, uh, didn't give a shit. I drove around with a grill, a grill and pots and pans and my dog. And when you're truly hustling, you're, you're, you, you, you uncover every stone. There is, there is no coffee you don't take. There is no potential mentor dinner you don't take. There is no, uh, I mean, you're like a damn beggar. I mean, you really are. If you're, if, if you've ever been that desperate, I mean, you just don't say no. Um, but eventually I ended up really oversubscribed because I, I had two investor groups that I, I'd flown out to Oklahoma. And I made three gustos and, and grilled them and, and pitched them the deck. And I was trying to raise 600 grand and I ended up with two groups. And, and, and that was a moment where I knew it was going to happen. Um, and then we had to work out the legal stuff. And I had this, this kind of loser of a space picked out. And all that is romantic. And I look back on it fondly. But I had no freaking idea that the hardest part of my life hadn't even started yet. <laughs> <laughs> which was opening doors to the public, you know what I mean? And having 20 employees, which was that first six months is easily the hardest thing, like I said, I've ever done in my life.
Well, I want to, I mean, that's, if there's anything our listeners ever hear, I want them to listen to that last like five minute talk there of four years of grit and sweat and humbleness and everybody thinking you're freaking crazy. Oh, your yeah. friends, your family. Like, and you're watching your friends. Oh, quote unquote, succeed, crush it. Right. They're crush it. Up yeah. And you're I mean, washing dishes. And, and that's, that's why we started this podcast is because when you're a young entrepreneur and you're growing a business and you're working 80 or a hundred hours, making like three freaking dollars an hour, people think you're crazy. There's nobody there with you. And, and man, so many young entrepreneurs now, they just want to like jump to the Instagram image. Yes. They want to like, Oh, I'm a business owner. I want to buy a Mercedes. Right. It's just like, you got to do your due diligence. You got to put in your work. You got to understand everything about your market, your competition, your customer, and you just can't do it fast. I mean, we're twenty. We are twenty years into business, and Josh may not even want me to share this. Uh, Josh and I own a cleaning company business together. We're in multiple cities. We we, we we've grown it tremendously. Uh, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. We have management teams, but what three days ago? You had to clean up. Oh, yesterday. Yesterday, human shit off the floor. <laughs> I mean, no joke. This is. I mean, you're 20 years into being business owners, and you're going around like still doing the work. Oh yeah, man. Cleaning up shit off the floor. Doing some of the work like that. Yeah, it was fun. It was um, fun. but it was, I, it was in a newspaper clipping. That'd, that'd be one. That'd be the highlight reel. You know. Yeah. Part of it. Uh, but man, I, just man, just so much respect. And like hats off and, and, and just such a strong message. And I really appreciate you sharing that, man, of that is the most valuable thing. I think any of our listeners and anybody looking at the entrepreneur space or growing a business uh, needs to realize is that's part of the journey. And, and really looking back on it, it, it sounds glamorous and, and fun, but it's, it's rough and you're right. It leads to your next step in the journey, which is the next hard thing, right? The, 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 the thing you've you've never experienced before you there's there you can't hard work your way out of the next step it's yeah. figuring it out and trial and error and people's lives are on the line and people's money and my god man it's a uh, to talk a little bit about just that process for you and how you learn how to survive that first store in in that first year or two and chad real quick on that too just to yeah. throw this in there because i want to make sure that it doesn't come across as if we're like sliding someone who has a different idea of success not everybody has that whatever that in their soul, their heart that's pushing yeah. them toward building the entrepreneur adventure, right? And so for the guy who is driving the Lexus and he's crushing in his career, uh, there's we're not criticizing no, that. No, not at all. It's just it's easy for sometimes for us when we're in the entrepreneur adventure, like we're in one of the harder parts of the, the maybe the valley moments. It's easy for us to compare ourselves sometimes, but we're really not we're not in the same race. Like we're not on the same trajectory. That's not what we're shooting for, and it can be a lonely place. To be in there doing all the hustle work, get ready. And as Nate said, like, man, I thought, like, now I'm I'm ready. I'm gonna open it up. And that's when again, you you hit a summit, you hit a peak in the journey, and it's like, now you're about to climb back down the mountain. You're about to climb back up again because he gets to the next hard level. So, tell us about opening the doors, man. What what kind of things were hard for you then, and what victories did you uh, have to fight for once you opened the doors to the first restaurant? <laughs> well. um, yeah, I mean, first off, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying any man or woman's journey is is right or wrong. I, I mean, I, what I will say is we all have something in our gut, and some of us want to chase it. Um, 
but it ain't easy. And, and a lot of us fail. I mean, most people fail and that's okay. I failed multiple times, uh, many times, but, but, you know, that cliche is, you know, pick yourself up and learn from that. And again, you know, everybody has different motivations, different goals, different levels of fulfillment. You know, sometimes I just want to be a farmer and I don't want to do any of this shit. And I just want to move to Utah and be a farmer and have horses and not not ever wait on anybody ever again. You know what I mean? Um, and sometimes I want to go to New York and be on TED Talk and tell people how I'm revolutionizing and disrupting a space, you know. So <laughs> there's, there's really no no right or wrong, but I do think there is a gut a glow inside every single one of us that, that wants to to change the world in their own special way. But it's pretty simple to tell you what it's like to open the freaking door for the first time because it's silence. <laughs> um, you, you, uh, I didn't spend any money on marketing and here's, here's a, here's a straight up tangible lesson. You know, you've got to spend money, invest in marketing. I just told you guys, I didn't know. I spent all my damn energy working on the product and, uh, <laughs> if you we build it, they will come. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, we, it was kind of like that, um, uh, feel of dreams. Um, the, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't, I, I wanted to save as much money for working capital because I'd heard so many horror stories about that was the number one reason why entrepreneurs fail was being undercapitalized. So I raised 600 grand. I spent 500. I had a hundred in working capital and, uh, uh, you know, I'm paying bills for the first time, like me, you know, I'm writing checks, paying bills, every bill, my name's on every vendor relationship. I'm guaranteeing the shit out of everything. You know I mean? There is, <laughs> You know, uh, you just don't, you just threw caution to win at that point, right? Um, Y'all are laughing because it's true, right? It's so um, true. It's like, there is no middle ground. I, I'm either going to win or I'm so screwed it don't matter. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, my, I own 15 catering bank. You know, what am I going to do with it? You know, but uh, um, I just, the leading human beings, uh, leading uh team members in the heart of atlanta um i had been a leader i had been in restaurants but getting them to scoop the right way and and interact with guests the right way i didn't being an artist i didn't have all the processes really figured out uh, until i found the right guy chef sean was a guy who helped me i've met him at another restaurant i offered him a job to be our uh culinary you know leader uh, so that I could run the business. And, 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 and so that part of the experimentation was really over for me. And I've been more so the brand guy ever since I hired Chef Sean. So um, and eventually made him a sweat equity partner along with two or three other guys that, that, that joined me at the right time. Because I, I just didn't want to. So I didn't open the doors with any other partners other than investors. And I sure wish I had. You know, I mean, I would have loved, it's much more fun to do it with a, a buddy or two, um, uh, or, or not even a buddy, but somebody that's smarter than you and has different strengths and weaknesses than you. And, um, nowadays, a, a, a handful of these guys have worked in the trenches with me and help, help, help me build this brand and, and be successful. And, 
and I, I, I went to bat for them with our investors and made them sweat equity partners just because you know like having a bunch of, of something small is not nearly as good or fun of, of having less of something bigger and, and better so i would advise spreading the wealth and that's tricky you know we could talk about that for hours as well but um they're still with me all all four of them you know they've been with me for four or five six years and um uh but Opening the first doors was was crazy humbling too, just because like I like I said, and you would have thought I learned my lesson when I opened our second one. <laughs> similar sound, similar sound. You could hear a fucking pin drop, you know. Um, and you're like, wow, you know, pardon my language, you know, we got a cool building, we got this cool price working, right? You know, I didn't invest in grand opening, I didn't invest in massive marketing. It was just, you know, a handful of coupons. And so that was was a real weakness of ours and something I've had to really get better at is, is learning uh, marketing <clears throat> and, and uh, uh, but I will say when I, I when I knew we had a chance and this is just a story I've told I'll never forget I was back in the office you know when a restaurant office is dirty it's loud they're banging dishes up against the wall you know I got damn QuickBooks up on the computer what am I doing I didn't get my permit is the city coming in here you know just like a thousand question marks not like 10 but like a thousand right and uh we're out of bowls we're out of salt you know jose's going home he cut his finger off you know just like crazy right <laughs> crazy shit. but I, I walk back i walk back to the office and i said a prayer quietly said a prayer and just said i got i need some help and I'll never forget. I walked out our in our front kitchen, you know, where you where you order and stand in line, and there was there were like twenty five people in line that had wandered over from the hospital. Oh wow! And that was the beginning of that beginning, and it was still really really hard. Um, but every day we would watch the sales creep up, creep up, creep up, creep up, and guys, I didn't know much about P&Ls. I mean, my, my, the other restaurants, they, they hadn't taught me anything about balance sheets or profit and loss statements, and you can study it, but until you're living it, um, this is going to sound ignorant and naive as hell, but I, I, I really didn't know how good or bad we were doing until you guys can relate. Like, a SunTrust account stopped going down as fast as it, <laughs> as it, as it had been before. I kid you not. <laughs> And then, and then, and then there was a point where, you know, obviously it's, it's like this all the time, but there, there was a point where it kind of leveled out. I told the investors, I said, I think we're close to break even uh, because uh, we're, this thing is not, it stopped, it stopped sagging. And then all of a sudden it started, you know, and now I can speak, you know, fluent, obviously profit and loss, you know, and we know where every penny is in our business and we've come a long ways. Um, but that was an amazing thing where I was like, okay, that hundred grand I mentioned got all the way down to like 20. And then, <laughs> but then it like, it buoyed, you know? And I said, oh, we, we might have something, you know? And then, signs <laughs> of life. And then it was, the, and the Wednesday before payroll, we're crushing it. When payroll hits, we're broke. Well, <laughs> it's like, shit, yeah, I, I didn't pay myself for those first six months. I just, you save anywhere we can. And then, uh, uh, payroll you know i had a, a random payroll company that was trying you know and 
it, HR didn't know anything about HR. You know, it truly wild, wild west. And again, it's, it's romantic and fun and cool. And I, I used to sleep. I used to sleep in the in the in the parking lot, um, in between lunch and dinner because I, I hardly ever left. And uh, that that now we get to the part which was my next real problem or challenge and we this the hits could go on and on and on y'all have me back on in a year and i'll pick it back up but (laughs) the the next challenge for me was letting go of control um oh yeah yeah that's um and and learning how to be fluid and adaptable those are the words that you hear from entrepreneurs all the time but i just um nothing surprised me after a year in business, just like nothing surprised me. It, 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 it creates a new muscle of toughness and, you know, worst case scenario here, food problems here, employee problems here, real estate problems here, landlord problems here, customer problems here. Um, nothing surprised me and it can be relentless. Um, I think you, you, you form a new muscle and, um, but letting go of control, you know, uh, I, I wanted to build every bowl and I wanted to bag every sweet potato chip and I wanted everything to be perfect. And it just, while we had amazing Google ratings and Yelp ratings, nobody knew what it was. Former football player, what is this? I don't understand. You know, they didn't understand. I knew I was going, I was, I was starting a brand, but it was, <laughs> it, it uh, the reviews range from like, is this a chain from California? Because it was pretty well put together, you know, because of all the workout, <laughs> is this a chain from somewhere to what in the hell is this? We, we don't know who this guy is. He's not, a, he's not a culinary person. Nobody, nobody knows who this is or what this brand is. And then uh, a year, year and a half into su- success. And all of a sudden I have people offering money. Can we franchise this? And, and then I had to put the blinders on because I wanted to build it myself. Um, I mean, with others, but I just, I, I didn't want to sell franchises because I've, I've never been motivated really by money. It, it was never, it was never, I knew money would come, but it was never about let me go sell franchises and let me grow this that way. It was about, as you guys said earlier, re, redefining who Nate Hibble was, you know, and I I don't know if it's shame, guilt, chip on my shoulder, but I just I didn't want to be former quarterback Oklahoma. I didn't want to be those things. I wanted to be radical, radically re- relevant, radical industry uh, disruptor, innovator, thought leader. And I really haven't talked about a bunch of this stuff up until kind of recently. And so here I am, and you guys are getting diarrhea of my soul right now. Here we go. As long as I don't have to clean it up off the floor, man, we're good. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Let's talk about that control thing for a second, man, because I think that's, that's such a place so many business owners get stuck. Is It's your baby. You give your life. You risk your savings. You lift your health. You risk everything you know to build this. And it's all about getting the customer approval and like, yep. uh, you know, getting those reviews and, and, and building the experience you want to. And now, okay, in order for me to grow, in order for this to be a brand, in order for this to, to even be anything that matters, I've got to let go of some control and focus other, other areas and continue to build this thing. And for you, man, I, I know 
it, sure, we never talked about it, but it sure seems like you have always been a perfectionist. I mean, you've performed at a high level, I mean, the highest level in, in everything you've ever done. And, and so how did you start that process? I still struggle as a business owner tremendously now. That's that's my Achilles heel. I can't let go of control yeah. and be willing to accept a, a, a less than customer experience to grow and scale. How, how did you overcome that? How have you gotten uh, where you're at now and in, in being able to do that? It's a, it's a great question. Um, two things come to mind. The first is I probably wasn't able to do that until the right uh, man or woman ro- walked into my life and I, I, I could trust them. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mentioned Chef Sean, Kelly Keevan is one of those, Richmond Green. There's been a handful of folks that have come in and if you feel like you can trust them and you can go take a nap in your car for, for two and a half hours and they're they're not going to burn it down and the, the bowls are going to be made. Uh, so I think finding the right people and, and, and being willing to share some with them and trust them, um, that 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 is the beginning of, of of letting go just a little bit i said two things i'll think of three things the second is tools and systems you know tools and systems just like a damn caveman you know <laughs> once somebody came up with a bowl and realized you could put water in it, it was, wow this is a container that can carry more than one berry across you know like tools and systems make things easier um so oh, that gave me some confidence and freedom. Um, now you don't want to be so robotic that you don't have a soul, you know. So don't go that far. But and then the third was somewhere in there. By the grace of God, I just I stopped getting defensive and emotional about critical feedback from guests. It used to, I take them all personally. They ruin my day and it just drive me nuts. And I've been over backwards trying to make it right. And so with my early team, but basically realizing we were going to mess up and just, just, just admitting to myself that we were going to mess up, but that we were going to say, thank you. Thank you. And instead of that, that bitchy review or that, that person that just needs some attention or love in life. And they're, they're not a good person in the moment. Like, Instead of like rearing back and saying, piss off, we don't need you as a customer or, or you know, somewhere in there, I, I was wise enough and strong enough to say, you know what, the answer from here on out has got to be, thank you for giving us a chance to get better um, and following up with them, turning them into a customer for life and also taking whatever we did wrong with them and, you know, getting better. Um, so I think being able to receive criticism in a healthy way was big for me. That's huge, man. That thank you for giving us a chance to get better. That's brilliant. I mean, so, such a powerful it's way hard. to turn the script. I had, to, I had to, I had to do big gulp, you know, big gulp, <laughs> yes. you know, big gulp, you know, thank you for giving us a chance to get better, you know, um, <laughs> But it's like it got easier over time. Pressing the keys, really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hey, but that's exactly. that, there's a truth Here's to that, man. What you're saying in regards to criticism or feedback, 
is that even if somebody, sometimes somebody can give you feedback or they can give you criticism in a way where they are disrespectful or they're jerks about doing it, but you can still ask yourself the question of like, all right, I think this person's, this person's a jerk, but is there truth to what they had to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, just because somebody says it the wrong way doesn't mean that it's not true. And if you can be thankful for it, grateful for their criticism, then you can, you can make your, make yourself, make your company, make your product better again, regardless of whether or not they gave it the right way. So I, I love those concepts. I think those are great. All right, man, you said this thing too. Now, it was kind of like landing the plane here. That's what we say at the end of every episode. But it's not, okay. what, we, it's not what we say. It's what Josh says at the end That's of every say. episode. Uh, I have also noticed if you got any, you're a creative, so you're a creative here, Nate. I need your help. If you can think of anything other than land the plane that Josh can use uh, moving forward, that would be fantastic. Hey, I can, I can start saying land, like a, landing this plane with gusto if it works for you. It's like sponsorship of the podcast. I've noticed that Chad on the intros has started to say, hey, friends. That's right. <laughs> totally picked that up from me, though. Like, I said, "What's up, friend?" Okay, are, you Jim really Nance. Take, are you really taking credit? Yeah, for that? he really did. This is some Jim, uh, Jim Nance is the pro. At, you know, hello, friends. That's what he says of the Masters. That's all right. There you go. That's That's a, you ain't even trying the to the take Masters. credit. Come, Come on, on dude. Anybody with a shaved head and a tracksuit to wear every day, you don't start things out with a friend. It's a very adult hairstyle um, due to nature. But Nate, you said you said earlier on when Chad asked you a question about starting this business and why you didn't start a food truck and you gave the thoughtful response of like i mean i wasn't my goal wasn't to be a restaurant owner well that's not what you were shooting for and you really were like seems like the identity you've you were i think it seems like what got you through all this freaking crap man it was that you weren't trying to open one store or two stores like you have this vision or this image of yourself image of what you're trying to create that's bigger than that so i'd love to know what that vision or what that image, what that identity looks like as you're going. I mean, again, not to, not to sound corny here, but really like moving forward with gusto, like because you're you're making it happen. Um, this isn't like this, like hey, here's here's perfectly what the business plan says. Here's our next strategic move. Like you're in this thing with intensity, and again, it's it's for me and Chad sitting there talking to you. It's inspirational to see how behind your idea that you are. Like you're all in, and we don't see that as much as. Um, Oh, you don't see that much. No. Somebody's like, "This, I'm, no. this is 100 what I'm doing. I'm making it happen." So, what's the what's the vision for the future? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm also I'm investing in Bitcoin these days, guys. Um, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm love radical, it. Radical. Um, uh, so, I had a four hour corporate base team meeting this morning, and and right now my job is to. Part of that control and that obsessive control early on as a founder is about moving from what I would call micro to macro. Uh, I can't lose touch with the ground troops and, and I'm, I work in the shops all the time because I want to love on them and hug on them. And there is a magic in there that, that, that I'm, one of the, I'm, I'm one of the small reasons why they're, they're there. But I have to, as a leader, you know, pull myself into the macro and, and and that is just as basic as going, all right, what's your one-year plan, three-year plan, five-year plan? That sounds so painful and, and basic. But, I mean, to answer those questions, i got to rewrite the business plan. i gotta write, I, I got to, you know, people have no idea. I wrote 100 business plans before I ever opened Gusto. And then every day we were open since then, I've been rewriting the business plan. Every day. Uh, I don't think people really get that, you know, pause here, amp up marketing, 
um, you know, bring in HR. Oh my God, we got liability issues, change payroll companies, change this vendor. Every single day, the business plan was pivoting and moving and changing. And right now, um, I'm, I'm rewriting the business plan to say, all right, how do we go from eight to 16? And then how do we, how do we get from 16 to, to 35? And, and then, you know, it's, everybody has different answers to this and there's, there's no right or wrong way. I, I just want to grow a thoughtful brand, meaning I might be doing this for the rest of my life. I don't know, maybe. Um, I, th I think it, because of our speed, it has a play in airports. If anybody out there is listening and as an airport concessionaire, give me a shout because we're fast and our foods would be a welcome in most airports around the world. That'll be, that's my quickest way to international fame, baby. Um, <laughs> that's right. But, uh, if I can have a uh, store over there, you can take my food on the plane yeah, with you over there. That's right. We may not make it, you know, to Washington DC, but we're going to be in Hong Kong, baby. Um, <laughs> uh, in all seriousness, uh, uh, we, we're going to take a slow and steady quality over quantity is one of our values in action. Uh, just like first to listen, first to listen is very much like, thank you for helping us get better. So we're a value driven company. And that took me, I, I didn't write our values till three years after we were in business, by the way. And I did that with our leaders. They weren't Nate's values. They were, they were a, a fabric of our company's values. Um, and so quality over quantity. And what that means is, Probably don't go sell our soul to multi-unit franchises in different markets and lose control of the, the integrity of the brand and, and, and the soul of the brand. And it also doesn't mean open one a year. You know, we're, we're, we're trying to, when we come to a new community and this will sound like jargon or coach speak or the same, you know, Chick-fil-A is an incredible brand to follow and emulate. I mean, why not? They're incredible. And um, when we come to Athens, for example, we want to make a meaningful impact. We want to be a part of Little League Baseball and church. And, you know, we want to be a neighbor and a damn good one. And we want to add value to, to your neighborhood and not just take. And to do that, you can't, you can't open 10 a quarter. You just, you just, you just really can't. So uh, we're still trying to figure it out. Um, but right now, I will tell you guys, it's a good place to, you know, maybe wrap it up. I mean, the, the pandemic, one of the things that got exposed that everybody loves talking about right now is how hard, you know, the employee market is and how hard it is to find people. Um, and I was telling somebody the other day that I think, um, I think, I think it's a good thing. I think when I was a restaurant worker walking into Chipotle to wash dishes, I had no leverage. I had, I had no leverage. It was, we'll, we'll pay you $8 an hour and you'll do what we say, you know, and the servers out there making freaking $2 an hour is bullshit. Um, they had no leverage. Well, when, when the demand for employees is so high, all of a sudden, you know, uh, that same employee, if they're willing to work, has okay. Well, this this job offered me this much. This job offered me this much, and and paternity pay. This this job's paying for my college tuition. You know, I think that the tables are turning slightly toward 
the employee, the, the more blue collar employee. And I say, hell to the, yeah, man. I mean, I want to pay our folks as much as we can, as much as it makes sense. Um, and um, uh, I'm, the reason I'm going this way is because aside from shaking folks awake on, on, on better for you food and becoming meaningful parts of our company or meaningful parts of our community, I, I have my sights set on us being a powerful employer brand, you know, that, that is changing, you know, offering careers for people. I mean, as hard as a restaurant business is, it's also pretty amazing. I, I got somebody that works for me that makes 50 grand a year that didn't graduate junior high. You know what I mean? That's pretty amazing. That's a great opportunity. Um, but it's not easy. And that's why people, that's why it's rare. It's really, really hard. And it takes tremendous patience and discipline as an organization to not run for the money. Um, and we're not the first ones to say this and do this, but, you know, just trying to build up, since you asked me, you know, uh, health benefit packages, 401k packages, paternity leave type opportunities, PTO opportunities, paying folks as much as we can, um, teaching Spanish speaking folks English, English speaking folks Spanish, you know, just like becoming a brand that, that truly tries to lift, it, lift, lift its human beings up because they are the ones that are executing all day, every day. And it's much easier said than done. So um, and we're not perfect, but that 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 is my my new dream. Aside from getting people to be less afraid of ginger um, <laughs> and to fall fall in love with fresh basil, because those are still there, and try goat cheese, and you know, just I'm still very passionate about all those things, right? But um, now that I'm a business leader, I have a chance to to grow a, a, an employer brand and. That is an abundance mentality where like the rising tide kind of lifts all ships and it's just not really motivated by wanting to be a millionaire. It's just, it's, you know, good things come when, when, you, when, you're, when your heart is in the right spot, I think. Man, that's, that's so valuable and, and such a different business owner mindset than I hear from everywhere else right now. Um, looking at it from that angle, I think is is eye-opening um, for all the business owners, entrepreneurs out there is more opportunity for everybody. And and the employees do have some leverage and control, and and that can be a good thing because it's uh, when the pendulum swings the other direction, it, it makes a pretty miserable environment. And, man, I yes. think that's, that's, that's amazing, dude, for you to be able to – to see that and and it just shows how much you care about what you're doing and what you're trying to grow and it's much bigger than than the bottom line on eight stores it's it's a legacy and a brand and and cha- truly changing communities and changing the world man and my my hat goes off of that I uh, you and I have never I've never never told you this before but one thing I do want to share man I, I don't even remember when it was it was years and years ago um you asked me to come over to Atlanta one night and hear about something you were working on. And that was in the middle of my 80 hour weeks of trying to grow stuff and just didn't take the time to do it, man, and, and support you or hear what was happening with you. And you were building all this and man, that's, that's one of my regrets, dude. I, uh, <laughs> I, that, that I forgot. Me. I forgot, dude. Now I'm holding against you. <laughs> uh, you should, you should, dude. I, I, um, I, I regret that man, uh, from a support standpoint, from a friendship standpoint, I, I mean, you're an hour away and I was too busy to, 
to take the time to go do that and uh uh it, it's uh i'm glad you're rubbing it in my face now with uh all this awesome oh, dude, he's like i'll show chad brown i'll put a restaurant yeah. right down the road yeah. from his office <laughs> yeah exactly there listen there are you have to have motivations that was never one of them brother I, 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 I've, been told, <laughs> I've been i've been told no and i'm good and i don't have time so many times right um but you do have to have those motivations and and i read i read a quote yesterday about you know, we all create create these chips on our shoulder, or these little monsters, and they 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 feed us, um, and, and they can they can they can get the best of you sometimes. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing that and and saying that. Obviously, nothing was going to stop stop me. Um, would have loved your opinion then, probably on olives or capers, or how do you feel about sun dried tomatoes? I'm sure I was testing something. Yeah, I feel like you were grilling something, and uh, it was going to be freaking amazing. And, and, and I'd, have, uh, I'd, I'd have had a good time, and uh, it, it would have been an awesome experience. And just, uh, I was thinking back as you were talking, I'm like, man, I, that's a regret there. I wish I'd have, I'd have rode over and made that hour drive. Which, it's, it's all good. Here we are. First three catering orders are coming through your office. You owe me. <laughs> First five. <laughs> Nate, please, for the love of God, tell me you can do this. I want to go to the gusto that you're putting in Athens, and I want to see Chad's picture behind the counter somewhere saying something like, do not take checks from this guy. Do not take a debit <laughs> card from this guy. This is your chance, man. He'll never know it until he tries to make that first order, and they're like, oh, "Sorry, sir, we cannot serve you." No, no, absolutely. It all not. comes back, man. I, Listen, I'm trying not to create any enemies along the way. You know, sometimes it happens, but I've used almost any piece of criticism as fuel. You know, it has to go in like the jet engine. So, um, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm proud you remember that, and 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 that you can validate that my the stories I was telling were real. Absolutely, absolutely, man. And, uh, dude, I just, uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us today and, uh, your passion and just willingness to be real and raw with our audience and us is, is so freaking inspiring, man. And, uh, just uh, really seeing the bigger picture of what you're doing and creating and, and what you're accomplishing and going to accomplish is, is mind blowing and so much uh, larger of a scale than most people ever dream. Man, I, I've enjoyed this. I look forward to this being the step uh, that that makes us do this more often and getting together and having fun and, and talking business and helping support the one here in Athens and and seeing where this goes. Man, I I appreciate it. Where can uh, where can people find you? Where can people find out more about the restaurant? Where do they go? Social website, all that good stuff. Well, I, I kind of disappeared on social media. Just it's 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 really good and really bad. But like um, Gusto's Instagram handle is what's your gusto? W H A T S Y O U R G U S T O. What's your gusto? Instagram has a lot of cool stuff on it, and our website's whatsyourgusto.com. Check out our menu. We have a nutritional calculator on there if you want to see general. Um, you know the the nutritional makeup of of the menu but uh, i think i want to say thank you anytime i get a chance to really like spill my heart out um that's that's where the passion comes from because it's all real and um i apologize for being a little too authentic sorry everybody for my potty mouth at times the restaurant business and uh the football locker room are, are not the most <laughs> professional places at times so i'm sorry um but 
for anybody in or around Athens, um, we're going to start construction um, on the Frysom's uh, piece of property out there with, I think in the next two to three months. So swing by, check it out. We're going to build something that is Georgia born, Atlanta born, is a Georgia born brand. You know, this is not a chain out of California and we're going to need support. And uh, fortunately, I'm, I'm connected to the University of Georgia in a bunch of different ways. But again, we're going to open the doors and I just, it, I, it can't be silenced this time around. You know, <laughs> our, our grand openings now are, are, are bigger. And I think we're going to try something in Athens that, that we haven't done yet, which is like come through the drive through for the first week uh, for limited hours. And we're just going to give food away uh, where we practice and train. And, and, and also we have to practice and train new customers, new guests, uh, how our menu works. They have to learn a new language. So um, later this year or, or January of next year, you guys just pay it. If anybody cares, pay attention to our progress in Athens. And uh, it's our first location in a different market. Um, so it's going to bring with it a whole new set of new, as we were talking about, all new challenges. And uh, ultimately, we're, we are trying to represent something good. Uh, also, if anybody's interested in, in changing careers or looking for something different, um, we are we are always hiring. I'm in I'm in serious hiring mode right now at the restaurant level, and at our corporate slash base base team level. Um, uh, hiring at whatsyourgusto.com. Sorry for running my mouth. Thank hey, you, guys. Man, that, that that's perfect, man. That's awesome. We can all everybody wants to get behind something good, man. And you're providing that that platform for people to do it. So. Thanks for, for joining us today, man. It's been a blast and look forward to doing this again soon. Yeah, thank you guys. If you're a fan of the Entrepreneur Adventure podcast, we would love to hear about it. You can leave us a review right here on your favorite podcast app. You can subscribe to the podcast or you can find us on Instagram at The Entrepreneur Adventure. Until next time, thank you for joining us.